Hey team, it's your host Natalie. I'm coming at you on this episode of the Shield Maiden today because I want to talk about injury on the mats. Now I have noticed recently that I have a lot of new listeners and so I want to make sure that I kind of preface that um, I along with my husband, own and operate a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu facility in Southwest Florida. And we have been running this this academy for 16 plus years. So uh, not only am, am I coming at you in this conversation from the perspective of a martial arts student, but also as a mama, because that will pertain to today's conversation, also as a competitor, a female competitor, and as well as a school owner, like, you know, so, and I really think that giving you guys that behind the scenes perspective can really help with everybody understanding where, you know, sometimes a, 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 an academy or a gym is coming from, right? So I, and, and the whole point of this conversation and the reason it even got brought up today is I got a phone call yesterday. I got a phone call and it was of a parent, but not one of our parents. It was a parent whose child currently trains at a different facility in the next town over. Now the next town over is very small, so they have very slim uh, pickings when it comes to you know academies over there or facilities. Uh, so he calls me and he goes, I've heard absolutely wonderful things about you and your facility and your youth program. Can I get him more information? And he goes on to tell me how he has a child under the age of 10 and they have been training at this facility for approximately a year. And on three separate occasions, the child has gotten pretty significantly hurt. He also tells me he's got a physical therapy background. And so normally he's been able to kind of like work through it with her, with the child. And he says, you know, I've always been underwhelmed with how they have dealt with those situations in the past. He goes, but this last time I was completely disgusted. I believe words have power. And the fact that he described it in such a way really just, you know, opened my eyes to to how upset he was about what was going on. He goes on to explain, he goes, look, you know, there were two coaches, there were 20 plus kids on the mat, everybody was sparring and my child got hurt. Nobody, nobody addressed, no care or consideration was given to my child. He said he had to actually go on the mats and deal with it. He said then the owner of the facility was in-house but he was off the mats and he was engrossed in a conversation about some kind of competition, he stated. Um, and he said at no time did he come over and check on the child. He said when they requested ice, there was no ice in the facility. He said he had to carry his child. He had to pick his child up and he had to carry his child out of the gym. And he, he was like, I just was so unhappy with how the situation had played out that I, I no longer, I, I don't feel like it's a safe place for my child to train. And I was like, I'm not going to disagree with you. Right. But also 
because of my experience, I, I'm like, well, I, I, I really, you know, I, I, have you ever heard of that old adage? And it says there's three sides to every story. There's, you know, there's the other parties and then the truth. And it's not that I didn't believe this parent. Uh, I, I believed a hundred percent that from their perspective, that that was their truth, that that was the honest, you know, version of events from the way they saw it. Um, but I'm, you know, I was just like, well, you know, I, I will tell you that, you know, no one is perfect. No one is infallible. And there have been times even at our own academy where, you know, someone left out the ice pack and it wasn't available for the next student or someone took home an ice pack on accident and we didn't have one available. And I had to go next door to get ice in a bag. And, um, and he goes, yeah, yeah, no, that's, there, there was never an ice pack in the facility. He goes to the point where even the wife of the owner made a, you know, a comment about being upset that there was no ice packs available. And, um, and I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, I don't even think they know where the, uh, I don't even know if they have a first aid kit, you know, was along the lines that he had said. And I was like, whew, okay. And he goes, well, how would, how do you deal with injury? I said, that's an excellent question. I said, I want to tell you that I, I believe that the facility, and I, and I knew of the facility they were talking about. I, I, you know, and I told him, I said, the, the place that you currently, your daughter currently trains at would be considered more what I would consider more of a club style, um, gym. And I said, where it's a lot less structure, it's much more free form and, um, and parents are much more involved in their child's training. I said, and so there, there are some, you know, some people can see that as a positive. I said, we are an academy style facility. And what that means is there is a lot more structure. There is a hierarchy and there are protocols and procedures in place for everything. I said, um, and the parent is considered a polite spectator. I said, so I, I want to make that very clear that I don't want you, you know, making a huge change and you didn't understand that the culture is completely different to what you are currently experiencing. I said, if you like being a part of that, if you like that free form of training, if that's, if that's what you and your child prefer, then please, please make sure that before switching that that's, that's the type of place that you're looking for. So, cause we're not that, um, I explained that we, the way we handle injury is, um, and, and we actually hand these paper out to parents <laughs> and I'm like, look, if an injury occurs, we are going to do, we have an acronym in place and it's called act. So if your child is injured while on the mats with us, we are going to act accordingly. And ACT is A for assess, C for communicate, and T for take action. The last, you know, like our last resort is pulling the parent on the mat. When a parent 
decides to sign their child up with us, like any type of martial art. As a parent, you make that choice that you want your child to train in martial arts. It's because you are looking for something that martial arts provides. Be that structure, discipline, you want your child to be more confident. And at the end of the day, we are trying to make sure that our child becomes as self-sufficient and independent as possible so that they can live a safe and secure life, right? We, we want them to grow and develop to become, uh, you know, self-sufficient individuals. And so because of that, we're, we, we explain to parents that they are spectators. They are not coaches. They are not instructors. Therefore, when they, they are entrusting us with that huge, and, and we, we, we know how important and what an honor it is to be entrusted with the responsibility of trying to help develop this child to their, you know, to be their best. Um, and, and so that's why we have this protocol in place. We, we don't want the parent to come on. We want to handle it. And so let's do some scenarios. Let's do a couple different scenarios because, because the situation can be a little bit fluid. Like there is some flexibility in this. So, um, when let, let's do the scenario of, little Timmy has a paper cut, right? So, and this happens a lot where I have little kids that got injured and it, you know, during their day, you know, or they have like a scrape, they scraped their knee, they did something. And so they're a little hurt. Let, let's not even call it a paper cut. Let's say a knee scrape. So the scenario is little Timmy scraped their knee at the playground. And so they've, they've got a bandaid on it. And, um, you, you know, and they decide that, during sparring, it's really bugging them, right? So, so during sparring, Timmy and their their partner, they're training, and Timmy ends up dropping on his knees and he hurts himself. First, right, and he's crying, holding his leg. First of all, our job is to assess. So I would immediately make sure that the that the uninjured party. Uh, during sparring, right? I'm talking about injury on the mats while sparring. So I would immediately make sure that the uninjured partner in that, you know, on that team, I would make sure that I would send them to the wall. I'd be like, Hey, you know, buddy, can you go ahead and go to the wall for me so I can handle little Timmy? And then afterwards, if he can still train, we'll have you get right back to it. Okay. Can you go ahead and do that for me? And so that way I can fully focus on the injured party. Now I'm going to go through our acronym or our protocol, which is to act. I am going to assess the situation and I tell my coaches this all the time. Do not touch the, do not touch the injured part party. Do not assess. So I'm going to assess the situation. Do I see blood? Do I see it, you know, a, a, an arm that's sticking out at the wrong angle? Like, like, what do I see? What is going on? How significant, how serious does this injury present? So assess. Now to the second part of that, which is C, which is communicate. I need to find out all the information that I can from the injured party. So I'm going to talk, I'm, you know, I'm going to be like, Hey, what happened? Um, tell me where it hurts. What's wrong. 
And in this case, in this scenario, little Timmy's got that scrape on their knee. They're probably gonna be like, oh, playground today. I fell, I hurt myself, my knee really hurts. And I just fell on it again. And it's, it's really bugging me and it hurts. And, um, and a lot of times I'm going to ask, okay, well, um, it, you know, usually what will happen is the little kid is already pulling up their ghee pant to show me their knee or to check on their knee, right? To see if like it's bleeding or if the bandaid fell off or whatever. And so if I can look at the injury without touching them or anything like that, I'm going to usually ask, Hey, can I see, can you show me where does it hurt? Can you point? Did so, you know, and, and let's say, let's say that the bandaid has fallen off and let's say that it's, it's, it's oozing a little bit. It's a little, and so, um, from then I'm going to do the third part of our acronym, which is T take action. In this case, right? Little Timmy, he's not seriously injured and I am just going to handle the situation as I see fit. In this case, I'm going to recommend, I'm like, Hey, Timmy, I have band-aids. You want to, you want to put another band-aid on it and try to continue training. And, um, and, and so I give them an option. I said, you know, and, and a lot of times the child would tell me, yes, yes. I said, you know, I got, I think I got some Scooby-Doo ones back there and I try to get fun, um, band-aids cause sometimes that makes all the difference. Right. I'm like, Hey, I think I got some Scooby-Doo band-aids. You want to go get a Scooby-Doo band-aid with me? And then we'll see how you're feeling afterwards. And maybe you can continue to spar. And sometimes, right. Like, like, because his knee is, is like, he's got an open wound and stuff on it. I probably wouldn't allow him to like spar from his knees or, or pass the guard. I would probably try to work like more him playing the guard. So that way his knee isn't as affected while training right? So he's not on his knee. He's not having to push off of it. He's not ripping the bandaid off, right? So I would try to find a way to, to around it, to help and make sure that he's still getting some training in, right? Just doing the best we can with what we got, right? Um, and, and usually that's, that's, and so the parent never needed to be involved. The child was able to address the situation and handle the situation. Yeah, I was helping a little bit, but you know what? We walked that child through the process and we taught them how to deal with that situation. So next time, maybe the child's like, oh, you know, I scraped my knee again, Professor Natalie. Can I go get a Band-Aid? It felt my other one fell off, right? And so we're teaching these children how to handle these types of situations, right? Yeah, there was an injury that occurred on the mat, but it wasn't so significant that, you know, mom, mom needs to rush on the mats and and fall to the mat and deal with the child oh, poor timmy no that that did not need to occur all right so let's take a second scenario now also i want to make sure that i preface for us at our academy we believe especially in the youth and junior program not so much in the adults because we're very you know as adults we're very much aware of our injuries <laughs> especially the older you get and, um, and we, and we talk to every one of our students. We're like, Hey, look, if your arms fully extended, if you're feeling uncomfortable, you need to tap. Don't, don't be stubborn. Don't be a hard head. We, we don't care how tough you are. If your arm is fully extended, if you're feeling uncomfortable, if something is tight, you need to tap. 
you need to tap. You need to eat that humble pie and you need to tap because we would much rather you tap, learn from it, move on, continue to train, then you end up hurting yourself or breaking something. And now you can't train for six to eight weeks. And then how are you ever going to get better at that? Because you allowed injury to occur, right? And this parent that I talked to, he said, he goes, look, their mindset is that the student needs to attempt an escape until they tap. I do not agree with that. Now, in a competition setting, yes, I understand that there is always the possibility of escape. However, there is also always the possibility of injury. And I I told him, I said, look, in training, it's different. While you're training with a partner, and this is a team member, this is someone who is supposed to be your friend, who is supposed to be looking out for you. I said, there's no trophy, there's no money. So why should a child subject themselves to potential injury when they can just tap and learn from it, right? So when I realize that a child has a hole in their game or even an adult student, if I realize that someone is not bringing their elbow in a lot, I will arm bar them over and over and over again until all of a sudden the light bulb comes on and they're like, oh, I need to keep my elbow in. And I'll also mention, I'll be like, hey, keep that elbow in and I'll, you know, I'll pop that arm bar and I'm not popping it in the sense that I'm like hurting them, but I'll catch that arm bar a couple of times to really get them in the habit of sucking in that elbow. And so, and that's the best way that I've seen that people learn on the fly is that they experience that, that situation over and over and over and over again. And so they start to recognize where their mistake is and they fix it on the fly. That's where I see true learning happening. So Moving on to that second scenario, second scenario, and I've had this happen. Let's actually use a real life scenario. So, um, I have had where a child has broken their arm, right? Now it wasn't like a compound, like it wasn't like bone sticking out or anything like that, but child was obviously hurt, right? And, and, um, actually they broke their foot. I'll use that one. I'll use that one. I've had an arm broke, but it wasn't during sparring. It was like, it was a freak accident. Um, and so anyway, child broke their foot. They, they fractured their foot. Of course you couldn't tell. We didn't know. But so while the child was training, so there was a coach, there was, there were eyes on that partner in, in that group. And while they were sparring the child, and I have padded mat, I have padded walls right? So this child just, they were, they kicked out, they kicked out a foot while moving, while sparring, and they hit the mat really hard at a weird angle. They ended up kicking the mat, pop! And immediately they were like, ow, my foot hurts. So of course, we fall to the acronym, we fall to our protocol and procedure of ACT. We need to act accordingly in this situation. We took, you know, we, we took the child and their partner. We asked the child to, you know, the uninjured child, we asked them to go sit on the wall. We assessed, you know, we went through our steps. We assessed the child and asked him, Hey, what happened? And he goes, and he tells us, he goes, I kicked the wall with my foot. I heard a pop in my, you know, I heard, I heard a snap, I think is what he said. Cause I heard a snap like a, and, uh, He goes, and now my foot really hurts. 
I do not touch the child. I look at the child's foot and I realize that swelling is happening. And this, this injury occurred less than 30 seconds ago, right? Less than a minute ago. And I see that the foot is swelling. I see that there is some bruising already occurring. And so this tells me that there is significant injury to that area. I am not going to recommend that that child continue sparring, right? That's not going to be, that's not going to be the action I take. So I continue to move through the, through the acronym. So I have assessed, I see that there's bruising. I see that there's swelling. I see that he is in obvious pain. So I communicate, I ask for specifics, what happened? And like I told you, he told me, so I had gone through A and C by this point, when I determined that I, my action, I need to take action. My action is not to recommend that this child continue to spar. My action, how I'm going to take action is I'm going to immediately get him ice and I am going to talk to the parents. Parent was not there. Parent dropped off the child, right? Now, uh, the, you know, the, the kid's foot isn't hanging off. The kids, and there was only about 10 minutes left of class, right? Five or 10 minutes. It was right at the end. And so what I did is I removed the child from the mat. I, you know, I helped him. I did not have him use the foot. We assisted him to a chair. I gave him a, you know, an ice pack. And I told him, I was like, keep it on the foot. As soon as your parents arrive, I will address it. I was like, I will tell them what happened and I will help you out to the car. And, and I did. So grandparents ended up picking him up and grandparents were very old. English was not their first language. The child had to kind of explain it. Of course, you could kind of tell that the, the grandparents were very concerned because he was a very tall boy. He was having problems putting weight on the foot. And I, I asked the parent, I asked the grandparents, I was like, do you need me to call 911? And they said, no, we're going to take him to urgent care right now. But they could not, they could not physically assist the boy to the car. So of course, yours truly, we help the child to the car. Um, you know, we find out like I immediately call the mom because I realize that, you know, grandparents are probably rushing to the, they're probably calling too. So I reach out to mom and I am like, Hey, your child was injured during class today. This is what happened. I recommended urgent care or the emergency room because there was swelling, there was bruising. And mom called me back later and said, yeah, they took him to urgent care. He fractured something in his foot. Um, he's going to be out for about you know, they said it was going to be like four to six weeks. All right. So that's how we handled that situation where, you know, and also I tell my coaches at our facility, I was like, Hey, look, at any time anyone is injured is not the responsibility of our coach. Our coaches at our facility are volunteers. They are usually parents, right? Like we have, we have some, we have some black belts and some stuff like that, but they're usually not in the youth program. Um, they usually, if, if they're in charge of the entire class, things are different, but we are usually always on the mats and in charge of the youth and junior programs. And we tell our coaches, Hey, if someone's hurt, you pull one of us over. You don't deal with that situation. Our coaches never deal with parents. They never deal with injury. They never deal with children who are being rude. They never deal with anything like that. That is our job as the Academy owners that we handle those situations. So 
that's just how we deal with injury. We, we assess, we communicate and take action. Um, there's only been a few times where I've actually had a parent come and get a child off a mat, but it was only after I had gone through those situations. Like I've, I had a kid who he very, very young, very young, right? And this was recent, very, very young. The child, um, I heard them, uh, while sparring another child, like rolled over their hand and their finger was in the incorrect position. And I heard the crack, crack. I heard it. Um, he is freaking out. He's so little. He will not let anybody see the hand, right? So because of his age, it really hindered my ability to assess and communicate with the child. And so of course I kind of give it a minute. I'm like, Hey, and I heard, like, I heard it. It was, Ooh, it was loud. Um, and so I'm like, Hey, can I, can I see your hand, buddy? Can you tell me what happened? What do you feel? Can you move it? He is holding on to the hand, rocking back and forth, screaming at this point. And so I immediately say, okay, well, Hey, can I go ahead and go give you to mommy? And he tells me, he goes, I can't move. I'm not moving. And so I was like, okay, buddy. And mom was there. Mom was watching. Mom was very calm. I love, I love cool parents like that. Love it. And so I say, Hey mom, um, if you want, you are welcome. Cause you could tell that anytime, like I went to, to handle the situation or, or help or assist him that he was like not having it. And so that's when I called the parent over. I said, mom, if you would like, I can, I can leave him here for a few minutes and kind of wait until he's calmed down a bit. Or if you would like, you can take off your shoes and you can come and you can get him. And he was right by the edge of the mat. So it wasn't like you, she was coming all the way across the mat and disrupting everybody. So it wasn't like that. Um, and, and then she comes, she gets him, she takes care, she takes him off the mat and she talks to him. I said, please let me know. Keep me updated. If he needs ice, if he needs anything, tell me I'm right here. And, um, and it was his nail, like his finger, it, he wasn't hurt at all. Like it just scared him because his knuckle had cracked. So, and it just scared him. And, and mom, you know, he's got some, um, he's got some stuff going on that mom is like, yeah, like that, that kind of stuff happens where like his joints pop more often than not. And so, uh, she was like, it was just his knuckle popping. Like it, it he is not hurt. He is, it scared him. Right. And so, and so that's how we handled that situation. So I have given you scenarios where like, we're mildly, mildly injured to like seriously injured to like not injured at all, but depending on the situation, the child, the, you know, the, the way the child is responding is also how we respond. So nothing is set in stone, like nothing is going to happen as it is supposed to all the time. Not at all. I promise. Um, that's one thing I can promise you, but if we just go through these steps and we make sure that it's, you know, we see if the child can handle, can readjust, reset themselves. Um, and it also lets us know that the child, you know, how hurt is the child? Can the child self soothe? Can they self cope? You know, like that's, that's important. Like, especially because sometimes also, in injury on the mat, it's not a true injury. It is just like I stated with that young boy where it's just fear. 
they became super uncomfortable. And of course, jujitsu is super, I tell kids this all the time. I'm like, jujitsu is, we are putting you in uncomfortable positions and situations so that you become comfortable in these uncomfortable scenarios. And this will just help you become better under pressure right? If you can deal with someone sitting on your chest and choking you and they know what they're doing, I said, then the rest of your day is easy, right? If you can handle that situation, what's a measly, what's a measly spelling test, right? And these kids, they, they, they like their eyes open and like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. I said, so don't get too stressed. You are learning how to deal with stress right here right? We breathe, we take a minute, we try to figure out how to handle the situation, and then we take action. And so when it comes to injury on the mat team, I really think knowing what your academy and how they do things is important, right? So, (laughs) and just to give you some, some old history. So my husband in the beginning, right? Like he would, he would be like, Oh, okay. Your, your finger hurts. Oh, okay. Let me, let me, you know, maybe you jammed it. Maybe you jammed it. And he did this with one of our, the, the guy's now brown belt with us. And thank God he loves us because he's a lawyer. So it could have gone south really quick. And I, t- I told my husband, I was like, no more of that. <laughs> We're never going to do that again. And, uh, and so he, he goes and he takes, he, he takes their, their digit and he tries to like pull it, straighten it out, unjam it. Uh, come to find out that it, it was broken the whole time. <laughs> And so I told my husband, I was like, we do not touch. I was like, we do not touch. I was like, we can help by giving them a bag of ice. We can help them by put, you know, giving them a bandage. We can help them by, you know, I was like, but we do not touch. I was like, unless they are bleeding profusely and we need to stop and staunch the blood flow. I was like, we're not touching these people. I was like, so, um, so I hope, I hope this has helped, um, uh, and, and I think that it is important that you have, you know, like, like, I think it's important that you know how you're going to escape from your house if a fire happens. Like, it, you don't have to spend a ton of time on it, uh, you know, but I, I tell my kids all the time, if this situation were to occur, this is what I expect from you. You, you know, like uh, last night I had to run in and pick up a prescription because one of my kids have strep. Yay. And so I had to go pick up their antibiotics. I did not want to drag my sick child who was not feeling good and my other two children into the pharmacy with me. So my oldest is 13. So I was like, look, you're going to lock the doors. You're going to keep your phone. Mommy has her phone and you are going to keep the car running. Doors are locked. I, I made sure I parked right up front underneath the light. And I was like, you know, so if there's any, any issues, All right. And I tell them, I was like, look, if somebody's trying to break in the car actively, you need to call 911. I was like, you need to start freaking out, honking the horn, keeping the doors locked. I was like, and, and, you know, call 911, you know, and then, and then make sure that mommy is, is alerted. Um, and, and so I, I talk to them and I explain these things to them and, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Like my daughter now understands like that's, that's protocol. That's procedure. That's how we handle that situation. 
And so that way, if they know, and, and if parents know too, like educating parents is so important, letting them know that that's how we're going to handle that situation. Because if you don't tell parents, a lot of times they, they freak out and they try to hop on the mats. Right. And they're, and they're not freaking out in a bad way. They're just like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta deal with my kid. It's my kid. I'm here. Right. And, and so I, when I explain, Hey, look, we're going to, we're going to assess, communicate, and then take action. And the communicating can like, if I know that child is injured, right. So like, let's say that I have a serious injury, kid comes on and they're sparring and their arm is broken. Whoa. Right. Or let's say that a child's neck is hurting and they're having a hard time like they don't have any feeling or something I'm talking severe significant I would immediately right I would immediately communicate with the parent hey we need to call 911 right if I think at any time that this that the injury is significant we need to call 911 we should not like if I'm one of those people let's say like the child let's say the child God, knock on wood, knock on wood. But let's say that something happens and we think a spinal injury has occurred, right? And they're like, I can't, you know, I I can't, my fingers are numb or I can't feel this or whatever. Then I am going to immediately, and I've had a couple situations where I've had to stop and have everybody go to the wall. And I am dealing only with that injured student. And this way that, you know, I kind of have the space to move around, we can handle the situation. And let's say that, and and I've never had it to where it's significant enough where I have to like, you know, um, not in the youth program. I have had to call 911 on a few occasions for the adult program, but for the youth program, no, I'm usually okay. Uh, (laughs) But it's, it's, you know, anyway, situational. So if I were to have an injury occur of that severity, I would immediately tell the parent, Hey, you know, you got to clear the floor. And I would tell the parent, we need to call 911 immediately call 911. And I would even recommend to the parent not to touch the child. I was like, I don't rec. If we think that a spinal injury has occurred, do not touch a child. Do not. And it might just take the kid, you know, maybe they got stunned, maybe they got hurt. And then in the next few minutes, they're kind of wiggling and rolling and moving around and they're trying to sit up on their own. Um, uh, you know, then, then, the, then we'll, we'll handle that situation. But let's say that child, we do not move the child. We do not touch child. We do not move the child. And then um, let's say that we have to call 911. At that point, I would probably dismiss the class so that when help arrives, when the ambulance arrives, everybody is out of the facility and it makes them and their ability to come and get the child easier and less traumatic on everybody as a whole, right? Because I am not only thinking about... Um, you know, just the child at this point, of course, I'm always thinking about, you know, that's forefront in my mind, but also I have to think like, how is the parent feeling? Like, you know, all of a sudden there's like, let's say there's 20 kids on the mat because that happens quite often. And then there's like 10 or 15 parents. And so that's like 45 parents, 45 people, excuse me, watching this situation play. Like that's stressful in itself. God, that's stressful in itself. And so I would immediately dismiss the class, ask everybody to quietly and quickly file out 
and that I will make sure that everybody is updated with the progress and the status of this injured party and, and you, you know, as soon as possible. And, and everybody's going to be cool about that. Like I have never had someone who's like, no, we need to keep training. There's 15 more minutes of class. Not in a situation like that. No, there's not. No, sir. No way. I'll see you later. Goodbye. Um, so I feel like I have talked about this situation enough, (laughs) so I will leave you guys alone and I will catch you on the next one. You guys have a great day. Okay. Bye.